airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. Gorgeous as ever. We so do appreciate her. Don't roll your eyes, <laughs> don't deflect. I see you over there deflecting. Uh, anyway, it's great to be back with you um, today. I, I, you know, well, as is, I, I regularly think about, of course, the shows we have, mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, because there's no better, no better, no bigger critic. If no. I could just get it out, <laughs> I mean, bigger, better, bigger critic. I can't say it. No bigger. Critic. Um, but I just wanted to make sure because we were talking about uh-huh. Facebook silencing or suppressing yeah. information, yeah. Um, as it pertains to people who are communicating about the risks of vaccines, right? And certainly the amount of vaccines that kids are required to get now now versus when we were growing up i mean you know it's just as a parent you just think about your vaccine schedule or maybe it is that you don't think about it because Mm -hmm. it really wasn't that big a deal but now it seems that with your own kids every time you turn around um there's a shot that your kid needs to get now your kid turns 12 and there's another shot and then your kid turns 15 and there's another shot you know this you know um and so so anyways um but one of the things that I think is important is that we speak with clarity on the issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that what maybe some people um, may have wanted to hear us saying or thought that we were saying is um, that there should be some sort of like a nationwide ban on vaccines. Hmm. That's not even close to what we're saying. Right. What we're saying is something I think that every American should agree upon. Now I say that and that might be controversial, but is it that we live in a country where we have the right to conscience, mm-hmm. where we should not be forced to do things that violate our deeply held religious beliefs. Right. So if we have a conviction about something, we should not be compelled or forced to do anything that violates that conviction um, in as much as sticking to that conviction does not endanger someone's life. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that there would be some people who'd want to make an argument that uh, not receiving your vaccines endangers someone's life. But I would say that a person who has never had a virus introduced to their body is less of a threat than a person who has. Now yeah. I'm just, that's my commentary on that, yeah. you know, but my, my ultimate aim is to say, man, we have the right to conscience in this country. Now, the reason we brought in Facebook as a discussion is because even though you don't live in Facebook land, um, it's a picture of, the kind of communist society that we could live in where information is controlled. Right. I mean, think about this. Think about the information that you don't necessarily agree with, but you you're glad that you were able to read about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think about that, you know? And so that's the problem that many of us are having with Facebook and Twitter and a lot of these platforms that call themselves the public square, but really they're gatekeepers. Like Mm. they turn the faucet. Mm-hmm. They determine what information gets out there, what you get to read. I mean, look, you know, you you don't want Facebook to be China. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
definitely. where you know you, you don't want mark zuckerberg Zheng Jinping. like you don't want that <laughs> you know what i mean like you you don't want that and so what i'm saying is we need to be aware that this information is being kept from us mm-hmm. and we need to we need to care that this information is being kept from us i mean yeah. there are real stories there are and, and let me say it this way. There are bona fide stories, mm-hmm. validated stories of people's children being injured by vaccines. If that were not true, you wouldn't have over four billion dollars paid out of the vaccine fund. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> the, the thing is, too, I think what people are most uh, privy to uh, what they see the most is like, look at this measles outbreak, you know, yes. happening in Florida or, mm-hmm. or this place or that or mm-hmm. in California, you know. And I, I think that's where you see more. So when you talk about, hey, vaccines may be harmful, people are automatically like, no. Nah, it's, it's a scare you, tactic. You need to have it because look at what's happening. You now, know? okay, so can I say something about that? All right, so sure. I think you're right. I mm-hmm. think you're absolutely right. But I think we also have to consider who controls that conversation. True. So like when I was, when I was studying uh, public relations, which is, which is the area of my training as far as communications is concerned, mm-hmm. when I was studying public relations, we were told that we couldn't tell people what to think, but we could absolutely tell them what to think about. Mm. We could tell them what, to, what it needs to be on their mind, what they need to be thinking about constantly. And so you keep your message, the message you have decided in front of people, and that is what they will think about. Now, if you think, okay, a lot of our mainstream media is co-opted by a singular thought, and if that is still the case, that you are telling people what to think about while saying that, hey, you can decide, but you're still controlling what they think about, right. then it's not completely honest. Right. You know what I mean? And so I don't think that you're going, look, if you've, got, if you've got network television that all throughout their programs, they run pharmaceutical ads. Mm-hmm. Do you even re- can you you have to think really hard to think back to a time where you didn't have pharmaceutical ads all, all throughout programs yeah, they're they everywhere. All, yeah. Side yeah. effects may include. Yeah. I mean, like there was a time when you didn't have all of that. <laughs> you true. know what I mean? And so you would have to imagine that there's a huge amount of money invested in that that would not allow a person to even ask questions about dangers and risks. Right. Like there would not. My thing is we should ask questions. We should as a parent. This is very basic. This is very basic. You sit in the doctor's office and and you say, okay, now, should I be concerned about this? Like, what 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 are the mm. possibilities here? Mm-hmm. And you make what is called an informed decision. That's right. You know, I just, I don't, I think that's very basic. And I think that we've gotten to the place, and you and I would talk about this from time to time, mm-hmm. when um, the media decided that black people need to be stirred up to um, believe that it was open season on black men. Well, that's all you saw. Our TVs would be laced with white police officers shooting Social black media, men. Social media, everywhere. And that's everywhere. all people wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then all of a sudden, just like that, black people, <laughs> Forrest Gump, and all of a sudden, just like that, <laughs> black people wasn't hunted no more. Right. And they just moved on. It's yeah. like, wait, wait, either you don't care about it mm-hmm. or you were hyping it up before. Right. You know, so what, so what is it? And so what I'm saying is even when you have situations like this, this is happening and this is happening, you know, I think we have to be aware that there are people in positions of power who who get to control, unfortunately, I, I have to say, get to control what we think about. They get to control what we talk about. And so one of the things that we try to do um, is to bring up the side of the conversation or to bring up a part of the discussion that most people are not thinking about, mm-hmm. that they're not talking about. 
i.e. the spiritual implications of what we see in headlines today. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I don't want anyone listening to hear me say that I am anti-vaccines or anything like that. I, I, I don't think that that would be responsible as a, as a commentator. Um, we vaccinated our children. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you that the more we did the research and the more we started asking the questions, um, our convictions began to grow. Yeah. That man, do I do I really need to vaccinate my child like within hours of his birth? <laughs> do I? Re I mean, I had a doctor, and and it actually wasn't you know, and and I had a <laughs> wasn't our pediatrician. It happened to be a different pediatrician on call, but who you know you get presented with all of these quote unquote options, and mm -hmm. we highly recommend that you give your kid this hepatitis vaccine. Right. And so this doctor who was on call just happened to be and is a Christian uh, said to me, you don't have any risky behavior, do you? <laughs> and I was like, no, you know, and then and then he jokingly said, I don't think your son does. Right. <laughs> so I think you're OK. Like, yeah. I don't think you need to like, I mean, I just think yeah. those are the kinds of converse conversations that we need to have. Yeah. And that doesn't make us reckless or irresponsible. Historically, this would have been commendable. Right. You know what I mean? To this be able been, to ask questions to say, hey, to say, hey I, I need to know this about this. This is called good parenting. And I think, man, some, and it's sad to say at the end of the day, when you look at it, a lot of it goes down to the bottom line. Like it's, it's, it's fueled by money. Yeah. When you when you look at it, you know, so I. But if you're not if you don't have the ability to ask those questions and to say, hey, I'm I'm curious about what's in this right. vac vaccine, you know, can I look at the and they, they do give you the paper. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, <laughs> can I reject? If I reject it, will will you be mad at me and, right. and, and try and to force me to, you know, it's yeah. like, man. That's the question. Yeah, it should you be know. a freedom there. Yeah, there should be a freedom there. We don't want, this is my, this is my um, strong encouragement. We don't want to live in a society where all they've got to do is make us afraid and they can do whatever they want with us. Right, right. Where, where there's chaos and hysteria. And so then you do, we can do whatever we want because mm. nobody's asking questions because they're just, there's just fear. Everybody's just afraid. So we just do whatever they say. And I think that we need to continue asking questions. And I think that parents need to be in the ultimate position to make an informed decision about the health of their children. Yeah. That's my concern. We live in a country where we have the right to conscience. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to give that up. Right. We don't, we don't want to just turn that over. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because once you give over that ground in one area, then there are other areas where they say, well, you have a sliding scale. Is that really your conviction? Hmm. It's, I've seen you make some accommodations here and you've made some accommodations there. So anyway, I just think we need to be careful about that. Um, but again, at the end of this show, we'll open the phone lines again. And anybody want to call in um, and express your thoughts on the issue? We want to hear from you. I mean, you're totally fine. You're totally welcome to do that. I just want to make sure that we are clearly understood. Um, and I, I say this jokingly, no offense to any tree huggers, but uh, <laughs> you and I are not tree huggers. You understand what I'm saying? Like we don't lick dirt to build our immune system. No, no. <laughs> Although, Although some people have some recommended people have told that. us we need to do that. Let them eat some dirt. <laughs> no, we'll try a different not, way. I can't do it, guys. Look, no. I can't do it. There's no way. I, <laughs> I have. We, we have friends who are like, well, you know, you know, all we did was eat dirt, and and um, and we rarely got sick. Like, hey, I mean, we, look, it might be true. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm not. I'm but not just, testing you know. it out. <laughs> I'm not testing it out. You know what I'm saying? We're, 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 we're not doing it. Anyways. Um, all right. So coming up in just a little bit, we're going to have Jordan Shambly and Cedra Sarton on with us. And we are going to talk about the Orange Letter Campaign, what Engage Magazine is doing 
as they team up with Global Outreach International mm. to encourage missionaries. Um, this is something that I think is incredibly important. We don't understand the great sacrifice that missionaries make Man. in the world for the sake of the gospel. Yeah, I say, and I hope that they missionaries don't take it as a downgrade, but I say they really need to be treated like rock stars. Yeah, <laughs> you know we fall all over ourselves for concerts, but a missionary yeah, right. comes into town and we're just like we got something going on. They are the heroes. They I mean, really are. You know they they have sacrificed a lot to do what they're doing, what what God has called them to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and having served as a as a missionary before, you know, it's it's hard work. It is hard work. You it know? is hard work. So and you're from New Orleans, they call it the orange, uh, <laughs> the orange letter campaign, <laughs> orange. Our brother Tony is listening. He listens to us down in New Orleans. Uh, you'll always recognize his voice when he calls. Uh, but but uh, I wonder if he calls it Orange. Orange. The Orange Letter Campaign. <laughs> you know, Probably here's, not. You know, I think what bothers people most about the way New Orleanians talk is that we know it's wrong, but we don't care. Yeah. But see, growing up, sometimes, yeah, you, you know it's wrong. We don't care. Yeah. You've been told that it's wrong, but yeah. it's like, this is but how, like, how we, we talk, don't care. man. Look. There, there are some things that when we were growing up in school that we would read the the way, like we, I mean, we had to learn grammar, we had to learn English, but even our instructor standing up still spoke New Orleans. <laughs> so what were they going to say? Orange. Orange. <laughs> here's something else. Here, Here's a, a New Orleans-ism, all right? You don't buy groceries. Mm-mm. You don't buy groceries. No, you don't, you don't buy. What do you do, Will? You make them. You make groceries. You're going to make groceries. Everybody listening in New Orleans, you know I'm telling the truth. You make groceries. Even turn a different age. You well, you don't. We you don't make. turn seven. You make seven. You make seven. I don't yeah, know why we do that. I'm gonna blame the French. But it's supposed to be turn. But um, we yeah. say make. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna blame the French, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the Spanish. I don't like know. How. I don't know. I don't know. How. All of the influence down there is how like, that don't has blame happened. Me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Don't blame me. For um, that. Let me tell you somewhere else that we want to go uh, in the show on the other side of of the break. We're gonna talk to Jordan and talk to Cedra. But I want to talk about this uh, recent story out of Minnesota where you had another one of these uh, drag queen story hours earlier this month mm-hmm. where one of the invited guests, a uh, drag queen, uh, flashed the mm, kids who on, were man. attending this library drag queen story hour. I shouldn't surprise you. But and, like and you would think that we, we would have had enough. Right. The other thing I want to explore on the other side of... Uh, couple breaks here is the suicide rate for kids ages 10 to 14 has nearly tripled in the last decade um triple that is incredibly concerning all right yeah i mean i don't know what you do with that you know so okay we'll grab the break this is aaron the addison's on american family radio we'll take a break and we'll be right back on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will and Shylin with A Mighty Fortress. That is from Shylin's Jesus Kids Project. Mm-hmm. So if you've got little kids in the house and you want a theologically sound 
um, rap project to listen yeah. to with them in the car it's that cool. will teach them the books of the Bible as well. He's got a whole track on there that teaches the books of the Bible. You got to know the books. You got to know the books. <laughs> and uh, our kids love it. Like yeah. they were, I mean, they're just, anyway. So we, we introduced a bunch of our friends to it a while back. And then there was one of our friends in Tennessee actually posted a video. Their kids had memorized the books of the Bible listening to this this mm-hmm. song um, from Shylan's Jesus Kids album. Yeah. So if you want to look that up, if you want to play it for your kids, it's something fun, especially if you're a homeschooling mom. And it's you just, road trip fun too. It is and road trip put that fun, on. but it's also get out of the kitchen fun. <laughs> it's here, go in the living room. I'm putting this on for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that too transparent? Oh, we're all better than Miki now? I said, Jordan, you're a dad. Okay, you're better than me now, Jordan. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying I never send the kids out of the kitchen. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I get sent out along with them, so it's okay. Parents are, parents are always afraid to be super transparent because we're afraid that we're going to have that one moment where there's a parent who just hasn't experienced what you've experienced and, and, and you sound just like you're not a good parent. All right, um, let's get back into it. We are going to talk the Orange Letter Campaign. And joining us right now is Cedra Sarden, who is the content coordinator for Engage Magazine, and Jordan Shambly, who is the head editor for Engage. And let's talk about the Orange Letter campaign. Um, I don't know which one of you guys wants to start, but I'll tell you what my question is, and then you can fight for it. Sure. Um, let's talk about how effective you guys have been with Orange Letter campaigns in the past. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about where those have happened, and, uh, and then also kind of, I guess, what the genesis for that was. Well, I can take, yeah, um, it all started uh, kind of after 2015, uh, the the viral video of ISIS uh, beheading the, well, how many was it? 21 Coptic mm-hmm. Christians um, in orange jumpsuits in that, in that, on that beach in Libya. And um, kind of, that kind of shook the Christian sphere yeah. mm-hmm. and it, it really, it really affected us deeply. And we wanted uh, in those kind of situations, you want to do something. I mean, you, you I mean, it, you can, you can pray for people and you should pray for people, but you, it, we wanted to do something that we could kind of put our hands on. a little mm-hmm. bit. And so what we, we, we encountered uh, a, a, um, a, a ministry out there called E3 partners and they um, were going, they, they were involved in the area. So we decided to uh, team up with them. And do a campaign, a letter writing campaign, mm-hmm. to send letters to these uh, these families who had lost loved ones on that beach, mm. and so that became the orange letter campaign. Orange being the 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 color taken from the jumpsuits that those men were wearing, and and just sort of standing in solidarity with those families. Mm. And so since then, um, the following year, we Syria? went to Syria. Yeah, we did, we uh, Syria was the next the next campaign that we did um, after that. We did. Uh, we went to North Korea. Was that North mm-hmm. Korea? And that was an interesting situation. It was very interesting um, yeah. because there was no possible way for this ministry to be able to get into North Korea. Um, so we kind of had to take another approach on how we delivered the letters. And what they did was is they uh, radio broadcast mm-hmm. bits of the letters yeah. across the border, which was the only way they could really do it. And plus the people of North Korea would not be able to physically have the letters right. without completely endangering their right. lives but a radio they can have and there's no evidence of that there so they were able to uh broadcast these letters across the border and then this past year we reached out to uh, nigeria Is nigeria that right? that's correct yeah. yes um anybody who's been keeping up with the news has probably seen the horrific things that are happening yes. to christians in nigeria mm-hmm. and um so they have taking those letters there and I think it's it's been a struggle. They worked with Voice yeah. of the Martyrs, um, 
but I mean, it's a very dangerous area. Mm-hmm. So, so this yeah. is. I want to double back to. So, oh, go ahead, Jordan. You oh, 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 add to that? Yes. Okay, I just <laughs> wanted to double back to something. So I think that this is really fascinating, and I remember at the time that you guys were doing the orange letter campaign for North Korea. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, interviewing Wesley at the time and saying, "Now, how are you going to get letters?" into North Korea, and I remembered him um, alluding to there are ways that you could do that. So what's interesting to me about that is that from all across the country, you've got people who have written letters, and these letters of encouragement are being read to Mm -hmm. these Christians who are suffering immense persecution. Yeah. I mean, that, that is... That is fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah, and that's really what we wanted to, in, in that campaign in particular, because I think North Korea, it, it was such like a hot button, it still is a hot button topic, mm-hmm. and, and, and um, even in, polit- in political ways as well. Um, people, North Korea was on their minds, yes, so we really wanted right. to hammer that in, like, um, you have an opportunity here to 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 be involved in this situation um, in, in a, on a spiritual level, mm-hmm. and um, to have your brothers and sisters who are probably more isolated than anyone else in the world as far as isolated from the church as a whole, Mm -hmm. um, you have an opportunity to connect with them and let them know they're not alone. There are other brothers and sisters out there, and even though your paths may never cross, and I mean, who knows what might happen, you have an opportunity now to touch their lives. What is it that you guys think that we don't understand about our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world? And, and then we're going to shift and talk about the campaign specifically this year. It kind of takes a different look at uh, what it is to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, but what is it that you, you think, generally speaking, that we don't know or don't understand about connecting and bearing with our suffering brothers and sisters around the world? Um, I think a lot of people struggle with how to write their letter and that they think they have to create this eloquent, beautiful written letter that uh, that I don't know using specific language. Mm-hmm. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Um, take it, simple words like "I love you" mm-hmm. and "I'm praying for you" can mm-hmm. really touch the heart mm-hmm. of these Christians. Yeah, and, and um, it, it was interesting. We did see kind of see that disconnect a little bit when we received letters uh, for Nigeria. Um, we, we, we had, a, even though we try to be specific about what to write and what not to write, sort mm-hmm. of, um, there were some, some came in and I mean, this is just over email, so you're just going to have things come in. Some came in people being like, you need to exercise your second amendment rights and, you know, really fight back and, they didn't understand and yeah, requests. they didn't quite understand what we were trying to wow. do. Um, but there, there is a disconnect. And I think too, like, um, one of the things that here in America, we might not understand as well. And in a way, thankfully is that the, the, the price to pay that, that they're paying on a daily basis, I mean, it's not just their own lives that are in danger. We might, we might kind of work ourselves up and think, oh, I, my life in danger, I can, I'm, I'm, I'll gladly give that up. But what about you know, the lives of your family, your mm-hmm. children? Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's at, what they face every day. Yeah, the you suffering. look at countries like North Korea, uh, it's a three-generation punishment. Mm-hmm. So that means it could be up to your grandfather or even down to your grandchild yeah. punished wow. prison for life. Mm-hmm. You know, anything, you know, it's not just, it doesn't just affect you. Yeah. I mean, if, if anything, um, what we can take away from knowing that and knowing that that price is being paid, um, we can take away that not, these are not super Christians we're talking about. There's no such thing, but that Christ is that is worth that much. Amen. Oh, that's yeah. so good. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. So then let's turn our focus to what you guys are doing this year. Um, 
the focus is on the missionaries who are the sent ones. They're the ones mm-hmm. who are going out. Talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, me and Cedra had the opportunity to sit down with Global Outreach. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, was really awesome. Which is a local ministry, Global Outreach International. If you want to check them out, globaloutreach.org. Um, they they have missionaries, uh, nearly 300 missionaries mm-hmm. around the world. And so we spent time talking to them about joining together and doing this together. And they just so happened to be working mm-hmm. on their own campaign to reach their missionaries um, during a time when it's probably the hardest to be away from yeah. your extended uh. families. You know, they're there. A lot of them have might have a spouse or children with them, mm-hmm. um, but they're separated from their extended families. And so they are working on Christmas cards mm-hmm. to send to them. So it was just like the perfect golden opportunity to send letters during that time along with these Christmas cards to uh, let these missionaries know that they're not forgotten and that, um, like, again, that, you're, that people love them and are praying for them. Do we know exactly where the letters will go? And we'll get into the the specifics and and how people can send letters and participate. This might be a great project for a family, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Kids who can write uh, to encourage missionaries. And and even, I would say, to expand a kid's heart for missions so that they understand that the gospel is bigger than their local church. And and I say this respectfully, but the gospel is bigger than Jesus lives in my heart. But to understand there's a big, big world out there where people are going and taking the gospel to um, unreach people and people who need ministry. So, well, uh, they, I mean, like we said, three hundred missionaries. So they're they're all over the place, very okay. literally. Um, so you, letters will probably go to South America and some countries. Um, I could uh, Asia, mm-hmm. uh, Middle East, um, maybe even parts of Europe as well. Um, and I know that yeah. global outreach is go like again. Globaloutreach.org has all their mi- their missionaries Absolutely. listed. Mm-hmm. So you could always go look there yeah. on their website and see. Because they're going to yeah. go all, these letters are going all over the world. Yeah, to, mm-hmm. to see where those letters might potentially end up. Um, mm-hmm. get to, to get to know these, because I know they have videos on their website. So that's that's globaloutreach.org. Um, globaloutreach.org. Okay, so now let's talk the logistics of the Orange Letter campaign this year. What do we de- need to know? How do we participate? Where do we send our letters? Right. Um, well, uh, for information, we, we do have some articles written on our website, engagemagazine.net. Um, so you go there. We have an article up uh, on what to put in your letter, what not to put in your letter. Um, just maybe some some little helps there, um, and some encouragement to to pray over certain issues. Um, but when you feel as if you've you've prayed over it and you're ready to write a letter, send it to orange at afa.net, um, and we will curate them uh, and send them on to Global where They will deliver them um, in the form of an actual physical letter. Yes. And, and, it, and we are excited, too. I mean, it, it is a unique time. I mean, Christmas, I mean, yeah. That, yeah. basically writing a Christmas letter to someone who's so far from home. Well, yeah. we, we spoke with uh, John Darnell mm-hmm. at Global Outreach, and it kind of, his his story is he and his wife are from the mission field. They've worked on the mission field, and they uh, remember being separated from their families. They remember receiving a package from his wife's grandmother with for Christmas, and it had, like, homemade fudge and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the letters and things that came with it, and they started sending them each year, mm-hmm. was just extremely touching to them. And he remembers that feeling uh, of what that meant. Yeah. Such a simple gesture. Yeah. And, and when those letters kind of decreased each year, and it, then mm-hmm. it got to the point where he felt 
and he actually tells the story in a, in a in a in a radio yeah. program we record Again, with go him. Go to engagemagazine.net yeah. to hear the podcast. Right, um, <laughs> but he tells he talks about how he felt maybe that they were forgotten and they felt oh, so wow. out of touch. Yeah. And I mean, they, they would look at Facebook and they would see this the Christmas you know pictures mm-hmm. that everyone were taking and just the feeling of being isolated. And, and I mean, the the enemy can take opportunity in that mm-hmm. and and really spread a lot of. Um, lies and, and destruction there mm-hmm. so we're hoping to to counteract that really uh with a lot of prayer scripture in these letters this is yeah. good this is exciting i'm excited about it <clears throat> and I'm, I'm looking forward to having our kids participate mm-hmm. so 200 words or less yes 200 and, and, words or less by november years, the 8th years past how many letters have y'all received in oh, a given goodness. 1, yeah 000. wow i think the first year it was over that it was more like 2500 to 3000 yeah the first okay year we did it yeah uh, so we were we received quite a few letters wow so. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, 200 words or less, email to orange at afa.net. Orange right. at afa.net. All of the letters. <laughs> People in New Orleans, it doesn't matter what you say. In their head, they heard orange at afa.net. Got it. That's as long as said. you spell it. As long as you, yeah, because we will spell it orange. We will, but we will say Somebody orange. Somebody at orange at afa.net. <laughs> they receive a lot of Christmas cards. <laughs> thank you. I loved hearing you say orange. Um the deadline is November the eighth. The deadline is November yes. the eighth. I want to say this as we're as we are going to wrap up here, but I I really appreciate the opportunity for the body of Christ to understand what it is to share in the suffering of the body of Christ around the world. Like for us in our various places, wherever it is that we are, to understand that our faith is so much bigger than what we see, and then specifically turning the focus to missionaries, I think is a big deal. Um, you know, we're reading through uh, Philippians actually mm-hmm. with our kids right now. And, uh, and I just re- recently, this weekend, taught the book of Philippians to a group of sisters at Hope Church. It's a wonderful time. But something that really stood out to me in Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is talking about Epaphroditus who almost died bringing means to him, right. coming to help him, right? Wow. Yeah. And the Apostle is like grieved because he thinks that Epaphroditus is going to die, but by God's grace, Epaphroditus recovers. And the Apostle Paul is eager to send him back to Philippi. It's like, yes, please go back. So yeah. now I don't have to, you know. But then he says something that I think is important for us to, to remember. And this is Philippians chapter 2, verse 28. He says, I'm the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor. I'm, I'm sorry. He says, receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, wow. risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Yeah. He says, honor such men. So I think about what you guys are doing with the Orange Letter campaign mm, right now good. and sending letters to missionaries. And that is exactly what we are doing. We yeah. are honoring those missionaries who are, in many cases, risking their lives to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful thing. Amen. So it's orange at AFA.net, orange at AFA.net. And the letters need to be in by November 8th. Uh, 200 words or less. So you don't have to, it's, you, you don't need a whole, a huge right. essay. Yes. <laughs> please, please, please no essays. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm just curious. I know we gotta let you guys go, but I'm just curious. What is like, how do you, how do you, what's, what's the cur- curation process? Is that how you say curation? Is well, that what you do? That's Cedra's department. Yes. <laughs> that's me reading a lot of emails. Oh my yeah. goodness. Do you, do you like correct grammar? No, I um, simply make sure that you're on track with what we're looking for That's and it. that you're not an ad. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so exactly the way we say it is the way that it gets to the missionary. Absolutely, yes. yes. So I just, be careful. Again, Jordan's, Jordan's the head editor, not me. I just imagine some missionaries in the Middle East going, bless their heart. Yeah. <laughs> they tried. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Orange at AFA.net. Letters need to be received by November the 8th. We're going to grab the break. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Cedra. you. We'll be right back. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on believing. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving in, his love is the reason. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's unspoken with reason. You know, I didn't mention the update on this program. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, by the way. We can mm-hmm. open the phone lines. Anybody want to chat with us today? Uh, 888-589-8840. You can yeah. do that. Sherry Boyd back there. She, she is. I just saw her. Call. Actually, it's funny. She just yawned. Well, I can see her in this thing right oh, here. Oh, there you go. She I'm did. Saying, I mean, she, it was wake a, up, Sherry. It was a deep cleansing yawn. <laughs> okay, that's what it was. And so now we need to we need to step it up. Um, but anyways, 888-589-8840. Tell Sherry B, uh, you're her 3 o'clock coffee. Say, hey, I'm here. Get up, Sherry. <laughs> um, we didn't update our listeners. Now, I know that some people may be aware of this. We did share it on social media, but I realized that we talked to this audience, and so we should remind them of updates that uh, it's really important for us to continue on in prayer. You know, we were talking about um, uh, James Younger. Wait, I forget the dad's last name. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why do Younger. I? Younger. D- James Younger and uh, his dad, Jeff, right? For some reason, I don't feel confident that that's the last name. I, Wait. Should, I, should, I should remember the last name. I think younger. Right. It is younger. Yes. It is younger. Okay, seven-year-old James Younger. I don't believe me. And I'm sorry. I should, I I should trust younger. my husband. <laughs> I should trust my husband. I'm so sorry. Uh, but the update is that the judge in, in this Texas case, you may have heard it by now, so bear, bear with me if you've already heard this, uh, has ruled that both the mom and the dad will have equal custody, mm-hmm. uh, equal conservatorship over the young boy. And, and so the great. mom is not going to be able to just go and do whatever that's she great. wants. That's and uh, and I want to say glory to God. Yeah. Glory to God. I am also thankful for Governor Greg Abbott, who tweeted out on October 23rd. We shared this again on social media several days ago. So I apologize that we didn't bring it to this audience sooner. Um, he said, FYI, the matter of seven-year-old James Younger is being looked into by the Texas Attorney General's Office and the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services. Uh, all of this matters. And I'm going to tell you, I think that this had a lot to do with the grassroots outcry. Yeah, um, I think so. Guys, I, I don't know. I guess the simple way to say this is, hey, we matter. Yeah. You know, and it's important for the people of God who can see, can look out and see what is right and what is wrong to stand up and declare Amen. what is right and speak out against what is wrong. It makes a difference. I'm sure that Jeff Younger is very grateful. Mm. I'm sure that he's very grateful that he doesn't have to lose his son because a lot of people in this in this country cared a lot. Yeah. Right. So Amen. anyway, so that's that. Also, I mentioned this earlier in the first segment. Uh, here is the story, a drag queen story hour um, that happened at a library in Hennepin County, Minnesota. Earlier this month, Hennepin County, Minnesota, where there was a drag queen, uh, two drag queens, Sasha Sosa and Gemini Valentine. Gemini Valentine and the drag queen named uh, Sasha Sosa 
uh, is photographed having flashed his yeah. <laughs> body. Okay, I, I'm trying to find a careful way to say that. To a room full of preschoolers Crazy. at the Ridgedale Hennepin County Library on October 17th. October 17th. Um, both of these men who participated or were invited or allowed to be there at the library were about 18 and 19 years old. And both of them are also frequent performers at strip clubs. Mm. But they were at the public library. Man. All right. Um, and I, I guess the bigger question is why do parents continue to subject their children to this? Right. I think that's the bigger question. We don't know. We don't know why parents continue to do this, but they do. And the picture that is online that is connected to this story, it has been uh, blurred out, but it is totally inappropriate. Right. I mean, there's no excuse for that. Right. You know, I, I mean, I mean, there is no excuse for that. Not we at all. We had John Euler on to say this oh. is grooming. Yeah. This is grooming. And uh, it's almost like, <laughs> yeah, it's gone so far. You, you, you think in your mind, it can't go any further than this. Right. Like, but then and it then something like this happens. Does, yeah, something like this happens. I you mean, know? you had the kids who were, um, you know, climbing all over and and, and laying yeah. atop the other drag queen. Yeah. I mean, these are the types of things that increasingly will happen, and we have just normalized it in our culture. Before we go to the phone lines, Will the Great, let mm -hmm. me get this information in from this story, and then we can have a little bit of a conversation around this kind of uh, intermittently, if you will. The suicide rate among children aged ten through fourteen has nearly tripled. From 2007 to 2017, mm. while the suicide rate among older teenagers has increased by 76% between 2007 and 2017. This is according to new federal data. According to a new report from the Center, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's National Center for Health Statistics, the suicide rate among 10 through 24-year-olds has increased 56% over the last decade uh, as violent deaths Suicide and homicide continue to be the leading cause of death for that age bracket. I mean, this is just incredible to think about. In 2017, suicide was the second leading cause of death for children aged 10 to 14. Wow. Teenagers 15 wow. to 19 and young adults ages 20 to 24. Let me read that again. Let me read that again. In 2017, suicide was the second leading cause of death for children aged 10 to 14. Teenagers ages 15 to 19 and young adults ages 20 to 24. Now, I don't know what you do with this information, but there's there's some information, uh, you know, embedded in this story that I think you just kind of have to survey a little bit and prayerfully say, Lord, you know, what what is this? But the pace of increase for suicide was greater from 2013 to 2017 than it was from 2007 to 2013. So the increased increased in the years between the years 2013 to 2017. So a shorter time it increased more. Exactly. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself, okay, mm. what is happening with our kids? What is it that we like are exposing? Yes. It's exposure to things that would that would cause these type of problems. I mean, from TV shows to, Come on. to music to all. You know, I I think you know it, it's almost been glamorized as a way to like deal with stuff. That's exactly like, right. You know, it's not, yep. you know, it's almost this, this kind of mental health and all this kind of stuff has been glamorized yep. in our, in culture, you know, and we have uh, uh, shows like 13 reasons Come why, on, and all Will. that kind of stuff. Yes, Man, I, I believe that's why the jump. I'm going to tell you something. I think that for parents who are raising kids in this age group in particular, 
the ages uh, 10 to 10 to 14 and, and then I guess 15 to 19 as well. But particularly 10 to 14, the little kids, I think we've got to take inventory of what it is that we are putting in front of our kids. Yeah. I think a love for this world causes this world to mean everything to our children. And, I, and I'll say this. We need to make sure that we're not glamorizing this type of stuff in the church. That's right. You know, and I know there there are, are cases for, you know, uh, needing help and, and stuff like that. But there's also a case to be made for deliverance. Amen. And, and you know, anxiety being dealt with by what the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But That's right. For praying. You know, so I, I, I hope I'm hoping we're not glamorizing that kind of behavior within the church, but that we will stick close to the word of God Amen. For, for, for that type of stuff. We know? need to. We have no choice. Yeah. I mean, th- where do you go from here? Right. You know what I'm right. saying? When our, our children I mean, are taking their lives, our children That's a scary are taking thing. their own lives. Like, yeah. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to Lynette in uh, Arkansas. Hi, Lynette. Hi. Hello. Yeah, I wanted to know if it's, if it's okay if I'm brief, if I make two points. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, the first one is that the people coming into the country now that um, are illegal, mm-hmm. a lot of them are not getting screened for certain diseases and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that some of the diseases that are reappearing, like tuberculosis, etc., some of these things are going to be blamed on the people who don't get vaccines. Mm. And um, also the second, the second point is, is that what I'm afraid of is that people who have not been getting vaccines, if they ever make them get them, if they make them take them all at once, that's dangerous. And um, there's mm. a guy named Jordan Rubin who, um, he almost died, and he was raised by a naturopathic uh, family and had a really good diet and everything. And then he went to college, and he had to get a bunch of – they made him get all these vaccines all at once. Now, he doesn't know for sure that that's what made him so sick, mm-hmm. but he got extremely sick to the point of almost dying. And wow. he um, – he ended up, uh, they went everywhere looking for cures for him to yeah. Europe and so on. Wow. Yeah. And um, if you look at the internet at him, he looked like he was in a concentration camp. He wow. was literally skin and bones. Yeah. But the thing that, one of the things that he thinks helped um, cure him was, okay, here it comes, homeostatic soil organisms okay was it eating dirt is that what you're saying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <Lynette. laughs> I, right when she said okay here it comes i figured it was a zinger for the addisons i figured it was a zinger i and, told uh, you it might be true i mean but, i don't know with soil <laughs> organisms <laughs> that's, a, that's a, uh, a neat way to say it i love it i love it that is that is a there's a very educated way of saying eat dirt eat more dirt um yeah i don't know i don't know um, but no thank eat you so dirt. much for your comments I, <laughs> that's not gonna be a good marketing campaign eat more dirt. where do we go next will the great uh leanne in richmond virginia hi leanne hi how are you good good I love you and Mickey. Thank <laughs> just, you. Thank you. I just, um, um, I have been a Christian for 40 something years, born again Christian. And my kids are like, they went, they got through school and things like that. But 
I have a son that's autistic and mm. he was kind of protected because he was in an autistic school and but I mean my heart was breaking for my children at that time mm. and I tried to raise them in the way of the Lord mm-hmm. and try to keep intact you know the things that I really believed that the Lord wanted us to do and as a parent and so I'm outraged and upset at the homosexual agenda mm-hmm. trying to push their way and to destroy our children. Satan is using these people mm-hmm. to do that. Yep. Yeah. And so I pray for your kids especially. Mm, thank you. Because it's just, I'm just, you know, I'm tired of being a Christian with the, her hand, head in the sand. Yeah, mm. that's yeah. right. Y'all, y'all help me wake up and know my battle. You know that, and I'm looking for a church that's not afraid of the issues. Tired of going to church where they're afraid to offend people, and it's just so. This is so urgent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, you're you. so right. Thank you so you're much right. for your call, and 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 can I just say thank you so much? Thank you deeply for praying for us and praying for our kids. We really do appreciate that. Yes. But look, there is in many cases, not not in all cases. I mean, we've been in some churches. Um, you know, by God's grace, where, man, the word of God is being solidly taught. Mm-hmm. But there, there is more than we realize a drought in our land for truth. Mm-hmm. Where, as you describe rightly, people are afraid to offend other people. But look, let me tell you something. Understanding that, uh, that you have offended a holy and righteous God, that probably is going to offend you. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to make you happy. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we've got we've to be consistent. We've got to say Amen. what the word says. Um, all right, Will the Great, where do we go next? Go to Mary in Kansas. Hi, Mary. Hi, I have a comment on the drag queens in Minnesota when they were uh, being indecent to the children in front of the children. Mm-hmm. I thought there was laws on the books that said that if you were indecent and like that in public or anything, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, to be arrest arrestable offense. And they've got the picture proving it. So some of the parents, I just wish they would go out and press charges or do something to the people like that. Then my next comment is uh, our Commander-in-Chief, President Trump. I would like to thank him for his service to the country mm-hmm. and thank our veterans that went overseas this last weekend and risked their life to try mm-hmm. to help us back home, even for the people that don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. And we've got to pray for those people. And so I will get off and let someone else talk. But I just wanted to make those comments. Thank Excellent. you. Thank you. Excellent. Thank, thank you. you so much. Let me tell you something real quick. Um, thank you for your call. Look, uh, these parents who were a part of this, they're not going to do anything about it mm-hmm. because because intersectionality, Man. because oppression. So they're not going to speak up like they're I mean, they were there. Right. They had their kids there. They're not going to do anything about it. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. Will the great. OK, let's go to Yanni in Texas. Hi, Yanni. Hey, buddy. All right. How's it going? Good. Good. OK, all I, all I wanted to say was I'm a uh, delivery driver, and I listen to y'all every day, and I like what y'all say and the way y'all say it. Thank you. All of that, and before I go, it's, I think y'all say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's it, Yanni. <laughs> Let me tell you. That's awesome. You know what's so funny about that was uh, I was I was at, the, it was the women's conference this weekend, and uh-huh. I was talking to a sister out in the lobby before we started, yeah. and she said, uh-oh. That happened to me in uh, West Virginia, not West Virginia, in Virginia. Re- in, yeah, I love it, Somebody by the came way. to the table and said, uh-oh. I want to join in. <laughs> like, I just, you know, that's, that's you know, I tell you guys what it is. It's just our melodic warning. Yeah. We're about to go about into to, the thick <laughs> of it. In. it just It's about to get heavy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, guys, you know, you know, 
<laughs> my mom used to say, and you know, I'm not saying that you don't take this as Bible, but my mom used to say, we don't need to be afraid of anybody walking on two feet. You know what I mean? Like, that's what she would say, you know, yeah. and we got a lot of things happening in our culture right now where the expectation is that Christians are going to run into their house and cower. Mm. You know what I say to mm. those people? Uh-oh. <laughs> You're in trouble. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right? That's Greater good. is he. Amen. Then, right? Come yeah. on. You guys can say, did, are you quoting it in your car? Did you get it? <laughs> did you finish it? Greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world. They say, uh-oh, and after so, that. And then, uh-oh, <laughs> after that. <laughs> All right. We're out of time. There's more for us to unpack on more issues, and we're going to get to that tomorrow. In fact, we're going to talk about the appeal of socialism growing Ooh. among millennials and Gen Z. You don't want to miss it. That's tomorrow on Aaron the Addison's. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.